Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports where we are a guy and a girl who just really love to talk all things sports or interview people in the sports world too. So if you love sports as much as we do, make sure you're tuning in every Monday and every Thursday for a new episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you guys are, we hope you're doing fantastic. And if you have a second, leave a rating, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest when we post. And as always, if you want a little daily fix of a guy and a girl talk sports, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. They are GG Talk Sports. All right, so welcome back to the podcast, guys. We're going to jump into a few sports highlights, give a GG, and then get into our topic of the day, which is just early NFL impressions. Because we've watched a lot of great football so far in week one and week two of the NFL. We just kind of want to talk about what we've seen, what we think, and uh, yeah, that's really about it. Yes, exactly. So let's hop into the highlights. All right, so the first one, I just kind of want to jump over it. It's the UFC. Colby Covington beat Ty Woodley. We're going to leave it at that. Congrats to him, I guess. Um, next one, the WNBA. Asia Wilson wins the WNBA MVP. Yes. That is incredible. Congratulations to her, especially in such a weird, circumstantial year that she's had to play in. Yeah, I agree. She's definitely very deserving of it, though. Um, it was awesome to see her win it, and... Um... Yeah, now we're into the playoffs, too. So there's some good basketball happening in the WNBA. Yeah, so the Suns are up 1-0 over the Aces. That was a really great game. Somebody went off, I think, for like 20-plus points in the first half. It was really impressive to watch. And then the Lynx and the Storm actually just had to postpone their game one Yeah. due to COVID. And do you want to talk about that? Because I saw you had something to say, so I want to see what you were going to go with. Yeah, so they postponed it not because of positive tests, but because of inconclusive tests. So they just postponed the game for now to test these few people who had inconclusive results a few more times to make sure that they're actually negative tests and not positive tests. Um, So they're just being super cautious, postponing the game. They said maybe 24 to 48 hours at this point in time, and then they'll come back after they do a few more rounds of testing just to kind of seal the deal that it's not anything positive. Yeah, I like how they handled this because this is the first time they've actually seen a whole team have to get postponed in in basketball, right? Yeah, this is. I think this is the first time for the WNBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess in the NBA too. And they the NBA. didn't haven't ever postponed for COVID, which is good. Knock on wood. So I think yeah, true. Knock on wood. So I think this is a good kind of I don't know building block for yeah, them. Yeah, an example and a great example because she handled it extremely well, in my personal opinion, and that's how I would have handled it because one, I don't want to lose the semifinals, and I don't want to penalize these players for not being able to play if they really aren't positive for covid yeah but two god forbid if they are right and you got to make sure that they're safe the communities i like how she brought the communities into it she brought everybody else other than just the players i mean it's more than just the athletes that are on there it's about the whole entire organization that is in the bubble yeah so i think she handled it really well shout out to the commish and, uh, yeah, we're going to move on. Do you want to talk about MLB? Yeah, so I'll kind of run through some MLB highlights. So as crazy as it is, we are literally one week away from the MLB playoffs, which so I think weird. is so crazy because, obviously, we had a very shortened 60-game season. Um, but still, it's playoff time, well, in a week. And I just was going to give a quick highlight kind of on if the if the season ended today, what would the playoffs look like? There's a few teams who have already clinched their playoff berth. So let's run through those super quick. The Rays have clinched. The White Sox have clinched. The Athletics have clinched. The Yankees have clinched. The Twins have clinched. And the Dodgers have clinched. Bandwagon. The Padres just clinched. So kind of crazy because in the American League, almost every playoff team has clinched. But in the National League, only two teams have actually clinched their playoff spot. So we'll kind of see how it plays out. But at this point in time, the Rays are the number one seed. 
potentially playing the Blue Jays, and then the Dodgers are the number one seed, potentially playing the Reds. And then everybody else kind of falls in the middle, um, but I think there's going to be some really good matchups for the first round of this extended playoffs. Exactly, and I think we're going to have to have a podcast about what the MLB is actually doing, because I know we've talked a lot of crap on them in the past about how they've handled this COVID situation, but in the reality of things, they've actually done a really good job. They've done a, a good job managing it to the best of their abilities of what they've actually put in place. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I said this is because I want to talk about what they're going to do for the actual playoffs. Yeah. I know they're going to implement a bubble system. I'm not sure exactly what that entails fully. Yeah. So I kind of want to look it up. I want to do all the research, hear what everybody's saying, and then actually have a conversation because, I mean, props to them. Yeah, I agree. So that's what it will look like potentially. But once it's actually playoff time, we'll circle back and let you know who's playing who. All right, so let's move on to the NHL. We have the Dallas Stars up 1-0 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. I never thought that I would say that I'm cheering for the Stars. Yeah. But I'm cheering for the Stars. I know, I'm cheering for the Stars too. So it is the Stanley Cup Finals, which is crazy that we're here now too. Like you said, they're already up 1-0. They looked really good in Game 1 too, so we'll see how Game 2 plays out. But it's going to be hopefully a good series. I mean, I, <laughs> I think everyone already knows right now, I am not a fan of sweeps. I'm not a fan of, like, really quick series, especially if it's the finals. So I hope it kind of evens out um, and we have a good, intense Stanley Cup finals. I want to ask this question, and go let us know on, I don't know, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, GG Talk Sports, but I think we'll put this up on Instagram. But I'm just curious, when you're watching a sports series, would you rather prefer a full sweep or would you rather be a competitive series? I think the answer probably varies depending on the teams that are in there. But let us know. What do you guys think? I know for Steph, she would always 100% say never a sweep. Yeah. Um, and for me, if it was a team that I'm cheering for, I say screw it. Sweep them and get this thing done. <laughs> yeah. Like I just the Celtics. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just always feel bad if the other team gets swept and then it's just sad. But I don't know. Anyways, what's the next highlight? So we're going to jump into the NBA and talk a little bit about the playoff situation that's going on. We got the Lakers up 2-0 to the Nuggets. I just have to say, Anthony Davis, he's Uh, shown up. Yeah, he has shown up. He has played well, obviously. What you're referring to is his game-winning shot um, in Game 2, which I'm cheering for the Nuggets. Chad, I don't think – I think you're indifferent at this point, right? I'll say it this way. If the Lakers win, I'm not going to be upset – but, like, after everything that they've endured this year, you know, like the Kobe situation and, and just everything, I would love to see them win one. But I also am cheering for the Nuggets because I called them to win. Mm. So, like, I'm very, I don't know. I agree with you. You're probably spot on with it. I'm not going to be mad if the Lakers win, but I'm, I'm kind of, like, secretly rooting for the Nuggets. I mean, deep down. Yeah. Well, regardless, Anthony Davis hit a game winner with like 2.1 seconds left. He hit a three, and they won the game. So now they're up 2-0. Obviously, he's played super well the entire series, like Chad said. But, I mean, that was an exceptional shot. So has LeBron, though. Can we just say this? He's not washed up. No, I don't think either of us ever claimed that he was washed up. I know, but everybody's saying he was washed up, and, like, he's not playing great, and, like, everybody was just so worried about him. Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. We did say that he was not playing up to the potential I thought he was going to play to. But you can never question LeBron James. He's still King James. Like, even in his 15-plus years in the NBA, I think probably in almost every single year, he was probably the best player. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that he would definitely argue that, and he definitely would argue that he should be the MVP because we all know he's now questioning the MVP um, was, kind exactly. of, you know, how they actually score the MVP race. Um, I think he now has four runner-up MVPs, which is tied for the most ever. So there's a lot of times in which he could have won it. Um, he just didn't because of somebody else. But, yeah, I think he's definitely in contention for being the MVP almost every single year. Speaking of MVP, Giannis won back-to-back MVPs, and he also joined some good company in winning Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same year. And the only other two players to do that are Jordan and Hakeem. So pretty impressive stuff. That is very good company to be in between. That's only three players to ever do it, which is pretty insane. I think I would have thought that maybe LeBron had done that too, but I guess not. Yeah, I mean, I think LeBron's more of a sporadic defensive player. He has, like, great defensive possessions. Yeah. But, like, in total, I don't think LeBron's the greatest defensive player every single year. Yeah, that's a good point. So that would be kind of my argument to that is, like, you see all those fantastic chase-down blocks. Yeah. And sometimes all those really great, fantastic steals. Yeah. But you don't really see it all of the time. You just yeah. kind of see it on the highlights. And also, I will say, personally, I feel like Sports Center wants to show a lot more of LeBron James highlights than anybody else. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. It's usually like one fantastic block, like you said, or one fantastic defensive play or possession. But it's not always like all season long, every play. But speaking of some good defense, that's going to move us into the second series that we're watching. And that is the Miami Heat Oof. taking on the Boston Celtics. Miami Heat are up 2-1. to one. Yeah, but the Celtics got one. Celtics got one. They bounced yeah. back. Jason Tatum played fantastic. Jalen Brown played fantastic. Kemba played fantastic. And I think somebody who Steph's been preaching yeah. the Boston Celtics needed to make a run in this thing, Gordon Hayward looked fantastic. Yeah, he looked really good. Obviously, like as anybody would expect, he was tired because he hasn't played in like five weeks. But he still came in and brought energy even whenever he was clearly... He, he said himself he was going to question his conditioning, but he played extremely well. And I think even if he's not scoring, which he did score too, but even not, like you could just tell that he facilitates super well. He had some assists that were really impressive. And just having him on the court made everything so much harder for the Heat, which I think was super important too. Yeah, I think his basketball IQ really showed up. You could tell that you know whenever you saw the Miami Heat switching their defensive schemes... Or whenever they were doing some rotations on defense, you saw him pick that apart. You saw him make the right read, or you saw him take advantage of it and take mm-hmm. a shot. And then if he didn't get the shot in, they got the rebound. Yeah. Or he got the rebound. Or he missed and they moved on. But yeah. mo- Or he made it. Yeah. Which he made a lot of his shots. I think he played really well. I was impressed. I think that maybe the numbers don't show really the impact that he had. But if you were actually watching that game, I think Gordon Hayward was 100% the X factor in it. Yeah, I agree for sure. So we'll see kind of what game four looks like, if they can tie it up, or if the Heat go up 3-1. But I think it was just super important, obviously, for the Heat to not go up 3-0 because we all know the statistic that no team in the playoffs has ever come back from being down 0-3. So that was important for them to actually get a game. All right, so let's move on to our GG of the episode. Steph, what is the GG of the episode? Yeah, so the GG of the episode, if you are not a listener of our podcast regularly, is... Basically a big fat L that we hand out to somebody or just something that somebody probably shouldn't have done. It's usually something funny that we bring some comic relief to. Um, But yeah, it's just usually a kind of a big fat L that we hand out. So for this one, we just kind of want to keep it fun, keep it simple. So go hit us up on Instagram, Sports. You can watch our story and you will see the GG of the episode. Yeah. It is currently how we feel going into Mondays. It is. And it's so funny. I watched it and I cracked up. 
It's not what you would probably expect, so just go watch Gigi Talk Sports for our Gigi of the episode. All right, so let's move on to the topic, which is our early NFL impressions. So to start this whole thing off, just share me your thoughts on how the NFL season has been so far in week one and week two that you've watched. Yeah, so so far I think that the NFL has looked actually super impressive, and I think the reason I say that is because I feel like there are a lot more teams who are somewhat evenly matched, who are super competitive. I feel like over the last few seasons it's maybe looked like, you know, there's only three or four teams that are really strong and the rest are just kind of like mediocre figuring it out. And I think a lot of those teams that were figuring out have now figured it out, and they are actually super competitive now. Obviously, it's very interesting to see a lot of the players who have switched teams from what we're used to seeing them on. Um, So I think it's just it's a really good season so far because I feel like every game has been really competitive and close. What about you? Yeah, I think that's really well said. For me, I don't know. I look at it almost like you're seeing a shift in leadership for the NFL. You know, you're seeing all these older players, the Drew Breeses, the Tom Brady's, the Phillip Rivers, um, and, and I'm just naming quarterbacks for this example. But now you're seeing the Patrick Mahomes, the Lamars, the Kyler Murrays. I want to say Baker, but he's just not quite there yet in my personal opinion. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. But you're seeing this young generation kind of slowly take over in the NFL, and it's exciting. Yeah. Because it it, it's a whole different game. It's now more spread. It's now more quick. It's now more skilled players rather than power, which don't get me wrong. Oh, man, I love some power football. You line up, you say, I'm going to knock your ass back, and I'm going to run the football down your throat. There's nothing better than watching that happen, which is why I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. But it's exciting to see the shift of guards, you know? It's really cool to see. So for me, that's kind of been the way that I've taken it almost. It's been Justin Herbert. My God, we're going to talk about him in a second. But... I just think it's been really cool to see these younger players slowly kind of take over as the older players exit. Yeah, I agree. And it's been a good shift, too. Like, I think that it's been a good transition because you still have, like you said, so many really big names on the older generation and so many really big names on the younger generation all playing really well at the same time, which is super cool to see. Yeah, I'm not saying they're playing poorly or or anything like that. No, I just want to clarify for anybody that's listening because I know you don't think that. But, yeah, I don't think they're playing poorly. I just think you're seeing a, a shift in... In generations. For sure. There's way more younger quarterbacks that are impressive than there are or older quarterbacks that are impressive at this point. Oh, I don't know. That's tough. These older quarterbacks are putting on for their cities right now. But you there's got only like three of them, really. Four. Big Ben. <laughs> yeah. A-Money. Drew Brees. And TB12. Yeah. Philip Rivers has played well. Yeah, well, not, I was not going to include him. So but, if you were going to say that, I was going to probably remove him from the conversation. <laughs> but then you're, you're right. It might be evenly matched. But I do think, like, you have Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't. I guess, like, where does Russell Wilson fall? I don't know. He's probably somewhere in the middle. True. Um, so I think, yeah, it might be four and four. But still, regardless, I think it's a good even matchup between, you know, older generation and younger generation, which is really cool to see. Yeah, no, I agree. So kind of sticking with the older generation for a second, you – You have to talk about this. Yeah. If you don't talk about this, you're missing out. Big Ben. I know. So we're going to kind of go through a little, like, precursor to what we're going to talk about. We're going to go through a few teams who we think are super impressive in week one and week two. And that we think, I mean, we know the obvious ones, right? We know, like, the Chiefs of the world, although their game two was a little bit questionable, which we will review. But um, just kind of the teams that we are impressed with going through week one and week two. And like you said, to start... The Steelers and Big Ben have looked extremely good 
Um, obviously, Big Ben is back from injury, and he's looked extremely impressive. And his matchup with Juju has looked really strong, too. I mean, hear me out. In two games, Big Ben has thrown 50 passes, 73 completions, so it's a, a 68.5 completion percentage, 540 yards. He has five touchdowns and one interception. Yeah. That's freaking great. Yeah, I agree. And their run game has looked really good, too. Um, I just think all around the Steelers are looking extremely strong. And I think people, like, at preseason time, I think ruled them out already. Like, they were talking about only, you know, Lamar or the Bengals. Like, what was Joe Burrow going to do? But everybody, I think, kind of, I think they thought that the Steelers were going to be good. But they just assumed that they would not win their division. Well, I'll be the first to say I didn't think they were going to be this good this early. I think, I thought it was going to take some learning curves, some... I don't know, just some games to get back to being able to play like Big Ben. But right. he has literally came in and played like old Big Ben. I mean, it's it's fantastic to see. And I'd love to be able to see that for him because I'm a Big Ben fan. Yeah. Given his off-the-field issues uh, when he was younger or a little questionable, kind of funny. But that doesn't matter. On the field, he is a stud. Yeah. You cannot not root for the man. He is a team player. And I like the – I think I like the way he said it best. The reason why he came back, it wasn't for him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he said it wasn't for him. It was for his teammates. It yeah. was for the city. And when you have somebody doing that, they're a dangerous human being because yeah. they, they are playing with all the cards stacked on their side. And so it's just exciting to see. Yeah, I agree. So now we'll just keep seeing if they can continue to string wins together. Um, they are 2-0 to start the season. So that's super exciting. So what team do we want to talk about next? You go for it. Okay, so I want to talk about... Game two of the Cleveland Browns, because game one, they lost, and that was just like a disaster from the beginning. I'm going to buy you a Browns hoodie. I already have a Baker jersey, so (laughs) I don't need a hoodie. Um, So I do want to talk about game two. I think game one, Stefanski said it himself, like, I think they just got behind too quick um, in order for them to run the game plan they wanted to play. But against the Bengals, they look extremely good. I think in the second half, they probably let the Bengals get back into it a little more than they should have. But you have Joe Burrow on the other side, who's playing extremely well for a rookie in the NFL. I mean, he threw the ball an outrageous amount of times. Which you and I both agree that I don't think that's sustainable. I think that they can't be making him throw the ball so many times, especially when that offensive line is not holding up in the way it needs to, because he got hit significantly a few times. Yeah, I think... I agree. I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. Yeah. Because obviously they were down and they were trying to come back. So I can maybe understand throwing the ball. But my God, if you do that next game or the following game or for the rest of the season, he's going to need shoulder surgery. I mean, there's no way he's going to make it through the season. I hate saying that because I don't like saying those kinds of things. But it's just not sustainable football in my eyes. Yeah. But let's circle back to the Browns because that's a team I think looked really good. And I think they really got to put their gameplay actually in action. And they've called plays that were set up to be successful for Baker. And he looked extremely good. He did throw one interception, which he shouldn't have thrown. But, like, the entire first half, he was super strong. Um, He got everybody involved. You had OBJ with a touchdown. You saw Jarvis with a few receptions. And even some of the – no offense to them – Oh, he had Hooper tied in, who did really well, too, and some of the quote-unquote lesser-named receivers um, on his team, too. So he had everybody involved. I think every receiver had a reception in the first half or something like that. So I think it was just a really good game plan that they actually executed well, too. Yeah, on his first seven passes, I think he hit seven different receivers, so it was really exciting to see. But once again, I'm going to kind of say the same thing I said about the Bengals, is that it was one game. 
I need to see more. Baker's in that put up or shut up year. Like, you got to show up game in, game out. And so I'm really proud of him. I love seeing that performance. I love seeing the play calling. I love seeing how the whole team played together as a unit, special teams, offense, defense, the coaching staff. And so it was exciting as a Browns, you know, I don't I want to say fan, but as someone who wants to see the Browns actually succeed for once in so many years, it was great to see. But now I know I want to see it again. Yep. I agree. I want to know that they can do it multiple games, and back-to-back games for that matter. And against a team that's probably better than the Bengals. No offense to the Bengals. True, they're just young. Yeah, exactly. But I do want to talk about that, because the Bengals, I think, actually have signs of greatness. Yeah, I agree. I think they're looking really good. They are 0-2, but I think in both of those games, they kept it really close. Really close. And they could have won both of them, honestly. I mean, Randy Bullock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to move on. Anyways, so I want to talk about the hometown team. Because they're 2-0 as well. Yep. The Tennessee Titans are 2-0 in a weird, weird way, but they are 2-0 nonetheless. What are your thoughts so far? Yeah, so my thoughts are it's still looking somewhat similar to last season. Uh, I think that obviously Derrick Henry, he is running the ball a lot. I don't think he's ran it quite as well as he did last season up until this point, but we also just have to keep remembering that there's no preseason, there's very limited um, practice beforehand so I think they're just still getting into a groove with him but he still looked good I mean by any other running back standards he's played really well I think Ryan Tannehill still looked extremely impressive too um, throwing like four touchdowns in his last game I just think that overall they're a really well-rounded team and I think that goes back to them just making sure they have all the pieces like we talked in previous episodes if I was to tell you at the end of week two the Tennessee Titans wouldn't have a rushing touchdown what would you say? I know. I'll be shocked, which I still am shocked that they don't have one. Right. And especially since they've won both games. And too. Ryan Tannehill has thrown six touchdowns. And how many interceptions? Zero. Ooh, that's good. That's real good. Mm-hmm. But I need to see Derrick Henry get involved because, yeah. no offense, Ryan Tannehill is not going to win you a Super Bowl. No, I agree. Derrick Henry is. Yes. So I think, like we talked, he has been running the ball pretty well, but he's obviously not up to the standards that were set for him last season. So we'll see if he can just kind of get into a groove maybe over the next few games. I will say I love what they're doing. I think that they've played really well. I think they got to get a game with all three phases put together. You've seen the special team struggle, which is shocking, but also I was talking to somebody else on Instagram and it's not that shocking. It's understanding. He's coming off injury. He's kicking for a team that he's never kicked on before. Yep. In a situation where he's never kicked in before. Because for a kicker, it's very... Um, it's very... Routine. Routine. It's yeah. very like you know exactly what you're going to do every single second of your warm-up to that kick, to pre-game. I, I mean, we're weird. And so it's just a different routine. It's a different rhythm for him. So I think everybody's just getting used to it. But on the spectrum of things, I do that kind of jumps me into a team where their special teams have really shown some strength, and that's the Chiefs. Yeah. And their whole team in general has just shown strength. My God, the Chiefs are just stacked this year again. Yeah. I think they got even better, which is hard to say. Yeah. I think that's definitely possible. I mean, they look really good. Obviously, they looked extremely good against the poor Texans in their game one. And then in game two, I think it was really important for them to get a comeback because I think that just shows, like, that determination, that team chemistry is still there because they went on a roll in the second half and came back against, I mean, somebody who looked really good for their first game ever, getting called in after not expecting to play. And can we also say the Chargers' defense is not bad? No. I think they, they made actually, it hard on Patrick Mahomes. They have two very athletic, very strong defensive ends or defensive linemen, whatever that you want to do. It's so unique nowadays how they move everybody around. 
So, I, I mean, I'm not that shocked that they played him close. Now, right. what I'm shocked with is that Justin Herbert came in and did what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And that my boy Harrison Butt Kicker hit three 58-yard field goals to win the game. Yeah, one of which didn't count. But <laughs> Well, I think technically two didn't count. <laughs> I think technically he kicked two 58-yard field goals. He kicked one earlier in the game and the game-winning one. I know, but for the game-winning one, he kicked it. There was a flag, so he had to back out. Yeah. He kicked it. They took a timeout, yeah. and then he kicked it, and they won. Yeah, so I guess it went I guess 53, 53, 53, 58, sorry. and 58 again. Sure. My bad, my bad. But he made them all, <laughs> to your point. He made, made them all. So and I the think, last one was better than the first one. It was. And that was the second time he hit a 58-yarder in the same game, which broke his own personal best. So it was clearly... I think it tied. Technically it tied, because he had a 58 too, so... I, Whatever. Sorry. Either way. <laughs> He did really well. So, like you said, their special teams looked impressive. And to your point of putting together all three phases of the game, I think that's just one team that clearly has literally all three of them figured out. They're just never out of a game. Like, even if they don't play well for, you could really say, I guess, three quarters, that fourth quarter is what matters. Yeah, I I mean, we kind of say it in the NBA, which is shitty to say, but it's just the truth. Sometimes if you turn an NBA game on, you can wait until the fourth quarter, and that's really all that matters to watch. Yeah. Because that's really kind of how it goes. Unless they're down by 50 points, then you know it's done. But in the NFL, for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, it's kind of a similar similar situation. They're never out of a game. But I want to talk about Justin Herbert, because everybody always talks about the Chiefs. And let me just say, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a great pickup. Here we go. But (laughs) Justin Herbert looked great. And I think this was a, a, I, I don't know, it's a weird way to say it, but I think this was the right move for the Chargers to slip him in when Tyrod gets hurt. I know that they didn't have any other option because he's hurt. But I like the he fact... chest pains. Chest pains. But yeah. I like the fact that they didn't just throw him into the fire. They kind of let something happen where he had to get thrown into the fire. And now his brain isn't preparing to be the quarterback. It's like, oh, shit, I'm the quarterback. I just got to go do my job. Yeah, I agree. Although the Chargers did say Tyrod Taylor will still be the starter if he's that. 100%. So... Maybe, to your point, they just don't know if Herbert is, like, 100% ready to be the full-time starter. Um, or maybe they feel like they need to give Tyrod another chance. Or they're going to do the mind game thing with him again and at the end of it say he's, like, 95% and won't be playing. Yeah, true. Either way, he looked really good, to your point. And I think it was the right move, too, because I think as a rookie, if you are, like, figuring out somewhat kind of, like, last minute, even if it's, like, a few days in advance, you're going to start your first NFL game. Like, I feel like... That would be a crazy feeling to have to, like, mentally prepare for. It's one thing if you just know, like, you know, Joe Burrow goes in knowing they have nobody else, so it's going to be me, and I just prepare long-term. But if it's, like, two days before, and you're a rookie, and you've been the backup, and all of a sudden you're in, like, I think that's a different mental preparation. So, to your point, I think just, like, throwing him in is probably the best way to just, like, let him perform at his best, which he clearly did. Yeah, you're able to figure out who the gamer is and who the gamer isn't. Because they're thrown into the fire and they got to make, it's not really making different reads. It's just making the same reads quicker. Yeah. And more precise. Right. And so I think you were able to see Justin Herbert show he's more than capable. Whether or not he starts next week, I don't think that matters. Yeah. I think what we're actually seeing, though, is that the Chargers might have their quarterback. Yeah. For the next few years. And I know that's really, really kind of quick to jump on. (laughs) Yeah. But after one game against the reigning Super Bowl champions... He's looked great. Yeah, he I think it's good. fair. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see. Who do you want to talk about? Because I think we probably have time for maybe one or two more teams. Yeah. I do want to say before we end this whole thing, it sucked watching all these injuries. I know. Because I would have wanted to talk about, like, 
if we thought the Giants were going to be able to pull it together, but now the Saints, 49ers, yeah. I'm extremely worried. I know. I mean, the 49ers, they showed a graphic on the TV, and there was eight players who were out with injury. The top four on the, like, the top row were all 49ers players, and then the bottom row was other players. Yeah, the top four were your quarterback, your running back, and then two stud defensive linemen. Yeah. I mean, that good. that is your quarterbacks of your respective teams. And I think um, Shanahan already said that Nick Bosa likely has a torn ACL, so that means he's out for good, which is so sad. I don't think there's any, like, verdict on Garoppolo, so we'll have to see about that one. Um, there was a verdict on Saquon Barkley, likely, that he has a torn ACL, too, which is just so sad. Christian McCaffrey had an ankle injury. I know. So it's just, like, a lot of them are dropping. A lot of them are big names, too, which I think we talked about it between you and I, but, like, the, it just goes back to how little time they had before the season started to prepare um, and to actually practice or have scrimmages or to have preseason games where their bodies were in these sort of situations. So it's just really unfortunate to see. Yeah, it um, goes back to the routine part, though. Yeah. Because you're going to your workouts, you're going to your yoga, you're going to every single thing that you do as a professional athlete. You have to go somewhere, if unless you're Tom Brady or you know something like that. You're going to every single place to get your individual work done. And during COVID, you can't. Yeah, I agree. And so now they're having to do these routines at home, and they're not as efficient, not as effective. And so I think you're sadly seeing these injuries occur, which sucks. Yeah. So, all right. I just want to name three teams. If you want to talk about them, we can. But these are just three teams I got to get off my chest when we're talking about impressions. So, Seahawks looked great. I am impressed Mm -hmm. with what they were able to do with the Patriots last night. They kind of folded a little bit at the end, but they were able to right the ship and get the W. Um, The Ravens. Obviously, mm-hmm. not shocked. I will say the Ravens' passing game has looked a little bit better than it did last year, so that's a little yeah. promising. Running game is still strong. Of course. J.K. Dobbins is looking great. Big trust. All the above. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Cardinals, we've already talked I about know. them. They are shockingly good this year. Not that I'm really shocked, but... Yeah. They're just good. They are good, and I think DeAndre Hopkins just fit in so perfectly, so quickly, which is still, like we said, not shocking. Um, I do want to see them against, like, some stronger teams. Like, they played the Washington football team, which is just a very young team. So, obviously, they got the win there, but just I, I want to see them matched up against somebody else. Just like you said with the Browns, I want to see more games strung together. So, we'll see. The Rams. Okay, this is there one of the ones I was going to talk yep. about because I think the Rams actually look really good. And I know we talked, I think it was maybe in the last episode or two episodes ago, about Jared Goff and, like, he's only throwing really short passes. Um, and just if we were worried about kind of his ability to lead the team. But then they beat the Eagles. and I mean, they beat the Eagles. They didn't just win. Yeah, the Eagles tried to make a little comeback push, but the, the Rams still held out and got the W. And I think Jared Goff looked really good. And I think he's looking strong. And he's looking confident, which I think I didn't really see a ton from him last season. Like, I think he just looked... A little less confident last year but this year he's looking really confident and looking really strong too so I'm impressed by them and I think it's just kind of like gliding under the radar a little bit too and they are beating good teams so we'll see if they can keep that up too yeah no I agree I mean Jared Goff has a completion percentage of 69% with a couple touchdowns and one pick so he's looked way better in my opinion than he has in the past year he's making better reads he's making quicker reads I think that was the problem was that he was getting a little nervous last year, and he wasn't making the right reads or the right choices. And so it's exciting to see the Rams actually kind of have a bounce back year when there were so many 
I mean, people hopping on that bandwagon last year after what they were able to do in the previous year. Yep, I agree. So I think that there's some really good teams, and it's not just only your core teams. It's a lot of teams, like we talked at the very beginning, who are showing up and looking really good. You have the Bills, who are 2-0 now, too, which is another Packers team that we talked about. The Packers still looking angry over there. Hey, money is going to go quiet this year, but be very angry. Yes. I mean, you have them looking good. You have the Buccaneers who got a W finally. They got their win after not looking very good in game one. I mean, there's a lot of teams. You have Dallas who came back big time against the Falcons, so maybe they're on the right track. Yeah. I mean. I'm still worried. Yeah, I mean, I'm still worried too, but that was an impressive comeback. True. Um, Can't take any away. So I just think there's a ton of teams who, I mean, they're just looking like it's going to be a really competitive season. The Jaguars actually looked really good against I the know. Titans. The Titans got the win, but I mean, at the end of the day, Gardner Minshew? I mean, this is something we were going to talk about. We pulled you guys over on Instagram, GG Talk Sports, but we might do it again. Do you think that Minshew Mania is a real thing? Because he's looking really good. And he might be kind of flying under the radar, too, as somebody everybody kind of jokes about. But it's actually really good. Yeah, if you want to throw in that pick or, or the few picks yeah. in the game, I think it would have been a whole entire different game. And that's just the thing. If he would have just made a couple of different reads, I mean, his stats would have been looking perfect. Yeah. He would have had a perfect passer rating and a couple of touchdowns in the W in Tennessee. Yeah. He's young. He's uh-huh. got a lot of talent. I like his swagger. You can't mess with a quarterback like that. And that's what you need in the NFL, somebody who's never going to get rattled. Never going to get scared of the moment and always going to take that moment and seize it. Yep. And so I, I'm, I'm impressed. But I do want to talk about one team that I'm worried about. The Minnesota Vikings are 0-2. They have not looked good at all. No, they look Period. Really bad. I'm sorry. I'm worried. Yeah, I don't think that they look good. I wonder if they're, like, missing Stefanski, honestly. Like, I wonder if they're missing that offensive, you I mean, know, you're, Yeah, you're speed. seeing it. Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions. And also, Kirk is just like, I don't know. I still can't get behind him 100%. I think he's so. a little overrated. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see if they can kind of get out of the slump. Uh, because I don't think everybody expected him to be in that, or expected the team to be in that slump. But they also got rid of Diggs, who was one of their big targets. So I don't know. I think there was a lot of moves that happened that maybe not have not worked out in their favor. Yeah, no, that's a great way of saying it. I think that they made some moves thinking they were going to be the right moves for the franchise. Still as early. But maybe those moves aren't the right moves. Yeah, I agree. But... This is only after week two. There's still so much more football to come. Um, Obviously, like we said, it's a very competitive season. We're just thankful that it's on. And at this point in time, everybody's staying safe and healthy. So let's continue on that track. Like we always say, thank you again so much for listening. And let us know over on GG Talk Sports who your favorite teams are to watch this season. Exactly. Don't forget to leave a rating, leave a review, and subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest when we post. Because I'm not going to lie to you guys, we have a fantastic episode coming this Thursday. It is going to be an interview with a guest who has been battling some Title IX cases. So we cannot wait to converse with her, hear her story, share her story, and uh, share it with you guys. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you guys are. We hope you're doing fantastic. Thank you to all the healthcare workers, everybody on the front line doing their part, and everybody else. Just take care and stay safe during this time. I think actually I want to have Steph say one thing, and that is vote. Yeah, absolutely. Please make sure you are registered to vote. We can put another link up on our stories to make sure you're registered. Even if you think you're registered, go check your registration. Just make sure nothing needs to be updated and please vote. 
You can even maybe start to early vote soon if you're mailing in a ballot. Make sure you have that ready to go. Just make sure you have a plan to vote so that way we can all get it done by November. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I wasn't registered and I got it done just maybe a few weeks ago. It's super easy, super simple. Took me probably two minutes to do. So definitely take the advantage of it. Take the opportunity of it because this is our own fate. This is our own life. This is your own kids' realities, whatever the case may be. You know, take it into your own hands and take control. So everybody have a good one. That's going to wrap this thing up and we will see you guys next time.